I've tried a variety of different podcasting outlets. And the one thing that's always bothered me is the fact that I have to pay a monthly fee to do something that I love to do. And that's talk to the audience. But with Anchor, they make it simple and make it easy for you to do a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, and the most important thing right out of the shoot, it's free. F-R-E-E. Free. Wow. You can't beat free in this day of age. You can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're sitting there and you have a thought, you're on the couch, you're in the bathroom, you're at work, just whip out your phone, download the Anchor app on your phone, hit the record button, you can be done, edit, and bam, you're set. It'll go to, if you have a Spotify account, Apple Podcast, and many, many more. And you know what the cool thing is? Another thing, cool thing, I know there's so many cool things here. You can make money from your podcast. It doesn't matter how many people listen, you can make money. For your one-stop shop, go to Anchor right now. Download the free, yes, once again, you keep hearing this word, everyone. Free, F-R-E-E, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Wife, baby, we done it. We're rich, baby. Conor McGregor made us rich. Break out the red panties. Welcome, pipe fans. Stephen Milhausen here, formerly of Sporting News and Zone. Another edition of the Walkway to Fight Club, but not just any edition, a special edition. Normally, Daryl would be on the other side, but Daryl's not on the other side today. Because we're going to be airing a special interview. An interview I thought that was completely lost. One I never thought I would see the light of day again, because I never even got to write about it. That's how like, depressed I was. I did this interview on, I remember doing it on a Sunday. Now, if anyone knows me, I don't do interviews on Sundays. It's like my one day of just, ah. I spend time with my kids, spend time with my wife, and I just do that. That's it. I don't do anything. But I made an exception for this interview, and I thought it's still relevant because it's a big night for pro wrestling. You got the Wednesday Night Wars, but a big night because it's night two of the Great American Bash, presented by NXT, and also night two, a fighter fest. And NXT is going to, with the Great American Bash, is the big, the big title fight, the big title fight, you can call it a title fight, between NXT champion Adam Cole and North American champion Keith Lee, undisputed title match, the winner will have both titles, so that match is going to be awesome. But then on the other side, an awesome main event as well on the AEW side, Fighter Fest Night 2, Orange Cassidy, and if anyone doubted the greatness of Orange Cassidy, he's really become one of those guys where everyone thought he was a complete joke, and now he's become 
one of the biggest stars in AEW, and he is facing the biggest star in AEW, the first ever AEW Heavyweight Champion, former WWE Undisputed Champion, the one and only Le Champion, Chris Jericho. And that is the guy we're going to have the podcast. I did the podcast with on a Sunday morning. He was in New York City for the big toy fair convention out in New York City. And this was when Chris was still the champion. And he was getting ready for a title defense against John Moxley at Revolution here in Chicago. And we talked about a lot. But before, and we talked about AEW getting hot this quickly. The character changes that he's gone through throughout his illustrious career. If you ever thought he'd wrestle this long, he's been 30 years in the business now. And the guy's barely last 10 years. And Chris is going 30 years and going strong. You know, rate this run he's had in AEW. Because he, this has been some of his finest work. And Chris has had a lot of great moments in WWE, in New Japan, and then currently right now in AEW. So I, wanted, I asked Chris where he would rate that run. And then... He had some interesting thoughts on Orange Cassidy. And I wanted, and this was before, I I think Jericho in the back of his mind knew one day, okay, I'd face this guy. But initially, Chris wasn't, wasn't down for the cause when he saw the character and saw him perform. So we'll talk to Chris about that and a whole lot more. But if you're listening to this on the audio version, it's good. You can find it on iTunes and all your favorite podcasting platforms. This search The Walkway, The Fight Club. Download, rate, subscribe. Please give it five stars. Really, really, really would greatly appreciate it. Just because then it helps us out in the rankings. And also it helps in terms of sponsorships and all of that. So it would be really greatly appreciated if you rate this. Give it five stars. All you got to do is click five stars. Boom, boom. You might leave a comment. Leave a comment as well. But please, please, please. Oh, pretty please rate the podcast five stars and all your favorite podcasting platforms. And if you're watching this on YouTube, we got a big influx of subscribers on YouTube. So please, please, please just click that subscribe button. Again, a lot of great interviews, not just this one. going to be a lot of great stuff. We've got Randy Orton's up there. We've got CM Punk. We've got stuff with Cody, the Young Bucks. Sorry for my, my oldest son there who's got a, who is definitely four. Um, Sam Punk with Dana White, Chael Sonnen, Rashad Evans, Bill Goldberg, you name it, we got it. Boxing, MMA, pro wrestling, and right now, here's my interview with Le Champion, the one and only Chris Jericho. Le Champion, Chris Jericho, how are you, sir? Good, man, how you doing? I'm good, and, you know, I was talking to Cody earlier, and I want to ask you the same question, and just, when you saw the action figure, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, well, I really, uh, it meant a lot to me, because it was, um, uh, it just was another example of how big AEW is getting in such a short time, and that, to me, was... Uh, more important than almost the action figure itself because the figures are great very detailed they look amazing but it was the um it was the fact that you know here we are going on tv in october and then uh we're you know debuting these action figures in august that's because aw is hot when a company is hot that's when the the 
you know, people want to be involved in all the merch and all the wonderful things like that fall. You know, Chris, you've seen it all. You've done it all. Are you surprised that AEW has gotten this hot this quickly? Say it one more time, sorry. Are you, because you've done it all. You've been a part of the, when the Monday Night Wars and so on and so forth. Are you surprised that AEW has gotten this hot this quickly? Uh, I'm not surprised, uh, pleasantly surprised maybe, because I think people were waiting for something like this, um, waiting for an alternative. And more importantly, um, I think that we had a great group of talent that made the decision to not go to WWE, and that gave everybody a stake in the game. So I think the creative freedom that we have permeates from the screen. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why people enjoy our show, because there is a difference between AEW and any other wrestling company. And that comes from the fact that we have the creative freedom to be organic with what we're doing. So um, I think, once again, am I surprised? No, because I wouldn't have come here if I didn't think we had a, a big chance of really making it. What I'm pleasantly happy about is all the puzzle pieces lined up uh, very quickly, even from the, the network that we're on to the, um, you know, like you said, just the, the action figures and, and resigning with TNT and just everything has been going even better than I could have expected, but deservedly so because the product has been has been awesome. You know, you look at. You know, like you've done it all, and so you know. But I thought really, and I don't know if you agree with this, but to me, the reinvention became complete for you is when you faced Kenny, because we knew how great you were. But then everyone's like, "Oh my God, Jericho and Omega!" And then we saw that classic, and then we saw what you did with Okada and what you did with Naito. What do you make of the fact that you can keep coming out with new stuff, reinventing yourself time after time after time? Well, I mean, this is by design. You know, um, once again, I think one of the secrets to the longevity of Jericho is the fact that I have never uh, rested on my laurels. I've always wanted to do things differently and always wanted to update and, and change. And that has a lot to do with, you know, um, big influence of David Bowie. I mean, he was always different, but still retained the essence of what Bowie is as a performer. So I really enjoy uh, changing things up, but it's not something that you can plan. It organically happens. Um when I feel it's right. And I think that's one of the reasons why it works. Sometimes I do things that really make no sense, but I know that I can make it work. Uh, and that's exactly what, what we did. So um, I think it's, it's part of the legacy of Jericho is also the fearlessness I have of like pretty sure if something feels right to me that I can make it work. Did you plan on being around this long? When you set out on the wrestling journey, was it like, okay, I got a 15 to 20 year plane and then I'm out. You started a long time ago and yet we're in 2020 and we're talking, you're at a toy toy fair in New York. I'm sorry, I got some... Oh, no no worries, Chris. Did you, when you set out on the wrestling journey, was the plan to have this long of a career? Well, I mean, I don't think, once again, dude, I mean, that's such a... uh, a strange, not strange, it's a hard question to ask because I never yeah. had anything really planned. I've never planned anything that I do. I just do it. And, um, you know, I, I I thought that maybe in 2005 when I left the business for a couple of years, I might be finished. And then when I came back in seven, I had the biggest run of my career. And then I left for a while and came back and left for a while and came back. And then in 2015, I just did house shows. And I was like, ah, oh, this will probably be couch to house shows for a while. And then I 
did the thing with Kevin Owens and it was so big, I stayed for another couple of years and then, you know, leave again and go to Japan and kind of get reinvigorated creatively and realize I like this and then AEW comes up and now it's like I have this no reason for me to stop doing this because I'm having such a great time and enjoying myself uh, to the nth degree. So, I mean, I think, did I plan it? No. Did I not plan it? No. I just kind of went with whatever felt right. How would you rate this run right now compared to, like you said, what happened in 07 with Sean and what happened with Kevin? And even when you won the, when you won the, became the undisputed champion, how would you rate this run today? Well, it's more for, for, for you guys to, to decide. I mean, to me, I'm enjoying it because it's once again, very creatively stimulating. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, and the rewards of seeing the, the company grow and seeing guys being made into stars basically right in front of your eyes is kind of what wrestling's all about. So the stories that we're telling, the stars that we're making, the, 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 the advances we're making in business, you know, re-signing for hundreds of millions of dollars with TNT for an extra three, four years, um, all of those things are big, big deals to me. So um, it's a very successful run and, and from a personal level. So I don't know how this matches up to something I did two years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. I just know that I'm having a great time and creatively being uh, fulfilled and satisfied and seeing the company that I work for growing uh, exponentially over a very short period of time. So it's a huge run for sure. A couple more questions, Chris, and thank you for the time today. It's really appreciated. And when you came in, you didn't, you hadn't worked with a lot of these guys. You, you may not have known three fourths of the roster. Who, if you can name like one or two people that have really surprised you so far. Um. Well, I mean, um, Darby Allen for sure. Jungle Boy, uh, uh, Hangman Page. How he's grown. Moxley is a completely different guy. Um. Just, just everybody. I mean, watching guys like Box and Kenny uh, uh, figure out how to be on live TV and seeing the ascension of Cody as, as a top, top babyface. Um, you know, Orange Cassidy, Marco Stunt. I never, I thought both those guys were useless. Why would we sign them? What's the point? And then you see them, and it's like I got to get my head out of my ass. <laughs> these guys are great, and over is over. That's all that matters. You know, um, it's just, it's just an amazing time frame. Uh, for all of us, and once again, as kind of the elder statesman of AEW, I have to keep my mind open to things that might be a little different. Like Marco's very small, but when I first started in 1990, everyone told me I was very small. So it's one of those things where you're like, you just got over is over is my favorite thing now. And it doesn't matter uh, anything else. If people are cheering for you and enjoying what you're doing, that's the most important thing. I was talking to a friend the other day, and we were watching the show, he compared you to Pacino in The Godfather. Just because, like, the way you come out, the way the fans react, the presence that you have, and how you carry yourself. Would you relate to that character at all in this run in AEW? To The Godfather? Yeah. Um, no, not at all. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of, whatever you see me doing, it's what feels right at the time. Uh, I thought The Godfather character was a great character for, for him, for Charles. It's kind of what he... He is, yeah, uh, and that's the essence of a great character taking taking the the strengths of who you are as a person and turning that up to the tenth degree. If you can do that, your character will always make money and always be over, always be popular. You know, you talked about John and you know the maturation of you know 
he wasn't sure about himself when he came in, and you just see the confidence he has now. How proud of you of John Moxley from the time he came in up to the match coming up on Saturday? Like I said, he's a totally different guy. I, I recruited Mox, uh, and when he came in, you know, right off the bat, you can see there's a different guy inside of him. Dean Ambrose seems like such a, a, a character of, of, of the past. It's not even close to being the same guy, and that's one thing that I think he's – I don't know if he would have been able to tell you that. Um, I think he's just expanded to becoming one of our top guys very quickly because he can be himself now and not have to worry about being under somebody's thumb of what his character should be. Uh, he's doing what he feels is right, and it's working uh, times a thousand. And we'll end with this. What can fans here in Chicago expect from your match with John Moxley at Revolution? I think that um, in wrestling, if you can build a story that peaks at the right time, You've done your job, and for whatever reason, the Moxie Jericho story is at the exact right place where it needs to be at the exact right time. So I think it's going to be a momentous match. It's going to be a classic storytelling uh, that we've already done and that we will do in the match. is going to make it a classic for sure. Chris, congratulations on the toy. Congratulations on success with AEW, and we look forward to the match this weekend. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.